Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question, and this podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is David Pasqualone of the Remarkable People Podcast. David, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Brent. It's great to be here. Now, David, I get to research all my guests, which is very cool because I meet some really interesting people. But I can read accolades all day, but tell our audience, who is David Pasqualone? Right now, the man today, or what brought me to this point? Right now, the man today. I am a lover of God. I'm a man who has two amazing teens. I live in Pensacola, Florida. I'm a marketing and sales consultant, and I am very thankful for life and just throughout the valleys and the mountaintops. God's brought me on a great journey. Not always the easiest journey, but he's always been there with me. So I have a lot of great friends and family, and I'm really super happy. So I'm thankful. Awesome. We're big into the power of gratitude here. I worked with, I don't know if you've heard of him, author Stephen Crane. He wrote a book called I Can Appreciate That. Yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know him and I haven't read the book, but yes, I've heard of him. I, Stephen has come on the podcast once and on my live stream, and we just had an in-depth conversation about gratitude and the amazing effect that has on life. So we love the gratitude lifestyle here. Now, David, here's the super hard question of the show. If you can handle this one, the rest is going to be a breeze, all right? All right. What is your favorite ice cream? Oh, anything with chocolate and brownies. So that is the one. I love like the mudslides and anything that has that, we're, we're good. They had a, just literally, I think it was like last night, I made a shake, threw a whole cupcake in it. Just anything with chocolate is a game. <laughs> Man, after my own heart, I get you there. Yeah, yeah. So David, tell me, tell us a little bit about the Remarkable People podcast. All right, the Remarkable People podcast, we started that about two years ago. And when I started the podcast, it was crazy because first off, I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't really know what a podcast was. And I just felt God tugging on my heart. You need to enter. I met this gentleman at the fights. So I'm in the civic center watching MMA fights and I meet this guy and I just feel God leading me like, you got to interview this guy. I'm like, interview. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never interviewed anybody in my life. I don't have a show. And God's like, you need to interview that man. So I'm like, what? So I kind of pushed it off, which you should never do, right? And then a couple months later, I'm sitting in Panera Bread with a business colleague, and we're discussing projects. And I just see this girl in the parking lot going to town, like on her cell phone. And I'm like, oh, I bet she's a business coach or motivational speaker. And the girl that I was with, she's like, that's exactly what I thought. She's like, I want to meet her. So we had like a two hour meeting. I forgot all about this girl. And then when I walked out, she's parked right next to my car and she's still in her car talking on the phone. So I'm like, huh. And then I hear God, I got in my car to take off. He's like, you need to interview her for a podcast. I'm like, what, what is it? So I'm like, all right, fine. She's going to think I'm going to creep her. I'm going to knock on her window of her car. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'm like, Hey, I'm David Pasqualone. I have never had a podcast. I've never interviewed anybody, but for some reason, I feel like I should meet you and interview you. 
and she starts talking to me. She was the guest on my show, right? And then I'm like driving home, I'm like, okay, that just happened. So I'm like, okay, if I just interviewed her, God told me to interview Cisco first, James Cisco. So I call up this guy, I got his number because we were both into fights. And I'm like, hey man, I know this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm doing, never did this before but I feel like I'm supposed to start a podcast. He's like, what's a podcast? I'm like, it's just a radio show that you can listen to on demand. It's like, oh, okay. I'm like, basically you tell your story and we're gonna hopefully glorify God and help people grow. And he's like, oh, that sounds good. So James Cisco was my first guest. And then we interviewed that girl and then it just kept growing. So for two years, the podcast has been growing and growing. And the whole purpose is just to help others grow. So the format is the guest comes on, shares their life story, and they go through what they experienced, what they succeeded at, what they overcame, but then they should have practical steps how they did it so we can too as the listeners. And the slogan is, listen, do, repeat for life. So listen to the content, do it each day, repeat the good each day so you can have a great life in this world and eternity to come. So that's the whole concept. And at the end of the show, it transitions it to where's the guest at and where are they going? So now we as listeners can help them get there. And it's just God, it's his show and it blew up and we're actively in over 93 countries, I think now. And I think we're about to release episode 79 next week. And I'm just really excited. Wow. That's, I was reading about your show and I'm, I love the idea of it. I absolutely love it. I'll tell you that up front. I've oh, only thanks, listened man. to bits and pieces of a couple episodes while I was researching the show. I'm going to be listening to more of it. What is it about people who have struggled and overcame like to take other people with them, right? Yes. Every, everybody I've met who has a difficulty or has had a difficult life or has overcome some difficulty wants to take other people with them. It's just this amazing response people have. So that's, that's awesome that you're getting those stories out there and sharing that with people. Yeah, and I think there's a saying, and I'm going to butcher it, but I, I remember going through the hallway of college once, and there was like a mission prayer band. I went to a Christian college because I wanted to learn more about God. I didn't grow up in this sort of Christian home. And there was a board, and it said, some, the, 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 I'm really bad with the words. It's mm -hmm. like a song. I can tell you everything the song's about, but I'll never get the words right. But the meaning was, don't wait for somebody to be the person you want in your life be that person for somebody else. So I think that concept you just said is something that God puts in us innately that when we go through trash and terrible situations and we're alone, we're like, heck no, I beat that. I wanna punch Shane in the face and I wanna help anybody else going through it get out of that hole faster. So I think it's just that spirit of man that God put in us to love God and love others, the first two commandments. What school did you go to? I went to Pensacola Christian College for my undergrad. Okay. And then I went to Liberty University for my master's. Okay. Uh, we were talking before the show and you and I have treaded so many of the same areas. I was curious. Yeah. It's like, yep, no, I'm not familiar with the school. I know of the school after living in that part of Florida. So. Yeah, it's a great school. I mean, there's schools for all different people, for all different things. But I got to meet friends from all over the world. Literally still stay in touch with them today. You know, a lot of them. You just see people doing things that they set out to do or they had no idea they were going to do and you don't have to go to a christian college for that but i got a great education i went for two years for engineering then i switched and i did marketing so i knocked out my marketing degree in three years 
but both programs, me and all my friends who went through the programs, we're all doing well. It definitely prepares you for life. Now, now David, let me ask, because I was getting ready for the show and we've talked about marketing some and your schooling. You have so many things on your website, like just <laughs> so much on your website. What precisely do you do? So, my, all right, in a nutshell, I help people achieve their goals. That's it. So you'll have a business that'll come to me. Oh, hey, that's cool. So he's showing my website if you're listening. But um, we'll have links for all that below, guys. Yeah, a business owner will come to me or even an individual for sales coaching and they'll say, hey, this is our goal, what we want to achieve. And then I'll do a realistic evaluation of where they're at. Then I reverse engineer the plan to get them to the goal. And then I give them three options. Hey, here's the handbook, go run it. Or, hey, here's the handbook, run it, and I'll coach you while you go. Or, hey, me and my team will do everything for you. Just, you know, we'll make adjustments as we go together. So that's what I do in a nutshell. A lot of digital, a lot of marketing, a lot of sales coaching, a lot of websites and social media marketing. So that's what I do as a profession. The podcast is just a blessing and a ministry. It, it's one of the coolest things I, I love about being a podcaster. We'll see if I can talk today. Sorry, guys. It's been a long morning already with my kids. Uh, one of the coolest things about being a podcaster is I get to meet so many very cool people and work with so many just incredible people that I'm absolutely loving that aspect of it. People that there's no way I would have met otherwise. You know, yes. you and I are on opposite sides of the country and we have passed apparently several times in our lives. Yeah, um, we lived in the same small little town at yeah. the same time and we just found out. Right. It's uh, it's odd. And now you're living in an area where I used to live back in 2000. So it's uh, we, we've passed, but, you know, chances of us meeting, right? I interviewed a couple guys. I've interviewed a couple guys now out of Australia. Yep. That, you know, I'm not likely to interview me anytime soon love to but you never know man never say never because you're <laughs> right you meet people all over the world and you have right now listeners all over the world and it's just god he choreographs everything he never causes harm he never hurts us but sometimes he allows things that we perceive as quote unquote bad to happen because it truly will benefit us down the road and that's the only reason he'll ever allow something to happen that hurts us because it's only short-term loss for long-term gain but you're right. You, hopefully you're going to meet somebody in an airport unexpectedly from Australia, or you're going to be at dinner and they're going to come up and tap you on the shoulder. That soon. would be so cool. That, that yeah. would absolutely be so cool. I can honestly say I've had, in doing this now, I'm have 80 published shows and uh, I've been doing this now since September, 2020. I think nice. that's right. Uh, I'm in my third season. I just moved my seasons with the year. I, I started out as a solo show and I met, started doing interviews about four or five months into it. And I just met all these incredible people. And I honestly maybe have had two or three that I wouldn't be like, you know what? Come over. Let's have a beer, man. Let's just hang out. Yeah. Right? Isn't it great? This kind of platform lets you meet incredible people and get to share in their lives. And it's so much fun. Right. But I have to ask you. So one of the things we talk about on this show a lot is masculinity has been to me, given an unfair shake the last decade or two. Uh, oh, to, we've been turning to, they're trying to turn us into geldings. As right. Well. They're trying to, I mean, legit. And I don't care who you are. That's a fact. You can look at history, not opinion. It's a fact. You'll, you'll appreciate our, our, one of our brands here. 
toxic nice it's essential essential masculinity yeah. it's one of my one of my favorite brandings of my site but uh what define authentic masculinity because what people call toxic masculinity culture to me is a lack of masculinity it's not masculinity so how would you define authentic masculinity all right well, my definition i just want to preface it with this here's balance God wants us to have balance in our life, right? So if you're picturing like a gauge, it's straight up in the middle pointing north. If you go left or if you go right, one side is crazy, the other side's crazy. We want balance in life. The Bible says a false balance is abomination to the Lord. It talks about balance all through the Bible, Old Testament and New, and we want balance. That's where the peace and the joy and the love and all the goodness is, right? So when you talk about masculinity, it's like saying the word church. If you say the word church to a hundred people, they're going to almost give you a hundred different definitions because it's loaded with emotion from their experiences growing up or lack thereof. So masculinity could be like super, oh, that guy's a jerk. He's super alpha. And, or masculinity could be, oh, you know, they're, they're just, you know, weak, but at the end of the day, what true masculinity to me is, is a man being a man, balanced how God designed him, a natural leader, someone who is assertive, someone who's going to take responsibility, someone who's going to protect those around him. And that doesn't mean they control. That doesn't mean they command and demand. That doesn't mean they're a jerk, pigheaded. That's not masculinity. That's out of bounds but it certainly doesn't mean what the world's trying to tell us in the media that we're a doormat and that we're goofballs and that we were like just idiots and it, we're bumbling fools and you know that's that's not masculinity and so to answer your question hopefully i didn't say too much or too little but to me masculinity is being the man god created you to be to have balance to have backbone and to basically be able to say no and even if the whole world stands against you it's just having the character and the courage and the testosterone that god gave you david i thought it was one off because like okay i gotta ask while we're here because it is i've talked to so many men and so many men will define it differently yeah it's tough it's i mean it's just because it's just so we all have a history that we brought in with us so it's like what's going to trigger so to me i'm tired of seeing weak men I'm tired of, and I even myself at point in my life, like in marriage, that's a whole story in a whole book. But I had a model in my head, mainly based on society of what a husband should be. And that's a failed model. So I had a lot of areas that I was lacking in as a husband by God's standard, because I was doing what I thought was right by the world standard. And that just caused terrible problems down the road. So for that, I got to blame myself. You know, I mean, I didn't know. And now I know a lot better, but I'll be learning and growing until the day I die. And when I get it right, that's when God will take us home. <laughs> you know, when, when this life's over and everything's wrapped up, then we'll go home. Until then, we keep kicking. I love what you said about that's my fault. Personal responsibility, I think, is so important. People, I think the sooner you take responsibility for everything in your life, whether it's good or bad, you, the more control you have over your life to be effective and be powerful in your life. So I appreciate what you said about that.
David, what drives you? Because it's obvious just listening to you today and doing the research before the show, what drives you so hard to want to help people? Because it's obvious that's a big part of who you are. Oh, man. You know, I like to ask you, is the leader made or born? I think it's both. Okay. So when it comes to what drives me, I do believe like our body's made of different organs. All of them are important. Literally, if you don't have a fingernail, you can get an infection, goes through your body and kills you. So a fingernail is important as a kidney, just different. But for some reason inside of me, even though it wasn't taught or modeled when I was a kid and I grew up in a super dysfunctional environment, it was always just no, do the right thing because it's the right thing. And if everybody abandons you and if everybody leaves you, you still do the right thing. And it was just beat up after beat up and pain after pain and harm after harm. But it was just, you're still alive. So God has a plan for you. Keep moving forward. And I've just always had that mentality. And it's not that I wanted that life. And I didn't blame God for anything that happened. I'm like, I trust you. I don't understand why, but I trust you. So I think inside of me, it's like, I don't want other people to feel that pain. I don't want little boys to have to feel that loneliness because they may not have the other aspects of the life I had. So they start thinking about ridiculous, horrible, stupid things like suicide or, oh, I can't connect with women. So I'm going to become homosexual and become transgender or start cross-dressing. And I don't care what the world says. If someone is transgender, they're a person that God loves and I love them. I have no problem with them. But I'm not going to lie and say that's normal, that's healthy. It's not healthy. So all the things that I've gone through in my life, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, I just want to help whoever I can so they don't have to hurt as bad and they can have more joy in life. And I don't know why I picked that topic, but again, I have friends who are struggling with all sorts of stuff. I struggle with all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not against anybody, but I am your friend and I do love you. So I'm not going to lie and tell you that, well, sin's okay. It's not. I have a friend that did something stupid recently and him and his wife started swinging. I'm like, you say you're a Christian, but you're having sex with other people? That's not right. And it only is going to end badly. He's like, well, it only brings us closer. I'm like, right now, <laughs> sin's fun for a season and then you're going to be destroyed. Uh. And I'm not saying that because I want it to happen. I'm not saying because it's my opinion. I'm saying it based on facts, history, statistics, and if someone doesn't follow God, then Satan's going to let them do whatever they want. If someone is following God, Satan's going to target them and try to sift them like weed and destroy their lives. So this is a couple that are supposed to be Christians, supposed to love God. Satan's using this trick to destroy their marriage and lives. Now, I hope that doesn't happen. Hopefully we can intervene, help turn things around. But yeah, I get passionate about stuff like that because Satan's a liar. He's a piece of trash. He's going to burn someday and he knows it and he wants to bring down as many people as he can with him. So if I can punch him in the face or step on his head, if God gives me that honor, I'd love to do so. I like it. I like it a lot. And David, <laughs> reading your story, getting ready for the show, there's a lot going on and we're going to dive into that in the second half of the show. Let me just ask you guys, before we dig deep into David's story here, is there a book in your future? Man, I, I that is something that I feel it's like that podcast, right? <laughs> I was telling you before the show, Brent. So I felt 
I was supposed to speak and write and I finally started speaking and then he has me do the podcast. God has me do the podcast. And I feel like down the road when I'm ready, mm-hmm. there will be a book. And I think it's going to be called where's God. And it's just going to be like, there's a concept. It's kind of like, where's Waldo, like finding God in the everyday because he's always there and he's always loves us and he's influential, but sometimes we're so wrapped up in ourselves. We don't see him. We only see us and our problems when he's right there. He's totally taking care of us. He's totally in control. And bad things, even the worst, most horrific thing only happens. First off, Satan causes it, but God only allows it because it will ultimately benefit us all. So the book is coming when God says, and I can get through it. You know the <laughs> difference between a, a wound and a scar? Hmm. Like, I still have some wounds from stuff that happened in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when it turns into a scar, it's like cool story. But right now when I talk about it, it's still like, uh, like it still airs my soul and I still got some anger and I still got some depression, like sadness. Mm-hmm. So when that heals, I think that's probably when God's going to have me write the book. But right now it's just still just living life, taking notes and moving forward. And his book's the only one that matters. I, uh, I, I definitely understand the difference between a wound and a scar because I'm covered in both. So <laughs> it's uh, real. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm, take my fair share of physical hits for sure some emotional mental ones along the way but a lot of physical i'm i, I try to be superman i was enjoying your podcast cover the whole oh, yeah. superhero look I'm like yeah i tried to live that way for a long time i got all the scars to prove it at this point in my life we've been getting to know david so far guys and in the second half of the show we're going to really dig into becoming more resilient in the face of difficulties we're going to roll to our sponsor and we'll be right back with more from david I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.org com slash shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise and all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. Welcome back, guys. We're here with David Pasqualone discussing becoming more resilient in the face of difficulties. Now, David, what purchase of $100 or less did you make in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, that's a great question. The greatest purchase of $100 or less. Probably a restaurant ticket, taking my daughter out to dinner and like taking out my son to dinner, just spending time with him and talking to him. That's a good answer. I like that. That's very original. I haven't heard that one, actually. What came to my mind? Never heard the question before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you're going to steal from people, you steal from the right people. So that's actually a Tim Ferriss question, but I've learned to love it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a great question. Just never thought of it. So good. I might steal it. Yeah, go for it. Whatever flies, man. Hey, so I got to do a lot of research on your story before the show. And this is where we're going to talk a little bit about that. And so would you go just quickly, the bio basically that you have for uh, your show promotion, our for your pot <laughs> yeah i got for you your profile right give our audience i don't want to spend a lot of time in it 
but give yeah, our audience your background so what we talk about from here makes sense okay so man i'll try to remember and you can correct me or slap me around i was born not that i won't remember my past but <laughs> i don't remember what i disclosed or what i didn't but basically i was born to my mom <laughs> okay looking back that sounds very stupid I was, born to my mom. <laughs> I was born to my mother who was unwed and kind of wild my father was very wealthy and he's like don't have him get an abortion and then my mom wouldn't get an abortion so he just left and then so i grew up with my mom in my grandmom's house which was built in 1900 the ceilings were literally six feet high when it rained rain came in the floors were ripped up it was a pretty bad like home physically but we had love and my grandmom was like the anchor and then I love my mom and my mom was wonderful. She loved me, but she had issues. And then when my grandmom died, my mom kind of like, you know, it, she just didn't have that anchor. So life for me became more difficult. So I grew up in a very odd thing and real quick, like we had cousins who were accused of murdering my great aunt. And it was like the most brutal murder in the town's history. And then that psycho would call me up and threaten me and say he was going to kill me all the time. So just on that aspect alone, I was always in constant fear. And then I felt alone and my mom had her issues. So she's doing her thing and I was an only child and I'm just sitting there all the time alone, watched a lot of TV, which is not healthy. Didn't have any kids in the neighborhood to play with. And then as I'm growing up, I'm getting sick and I'm all I'm sick all the time. And because my mom had issues, the doctor thought I had the same issues and I was just modeling her behavior and I was trying to get attention. I'm like, no, I'm really sick. So I went all the way up through high school. I couldn't even stay awake during classes. I was always falling asleep, but I could never sleep peacefully and I couldn't sleep through the night. And I had all sorts of issues with everything. Like I grew up in a rough neighborhood and not horrible. Not those gunshots ringing out. It was just like, it wasn't a gated community let's say that and kids at school I just never connected I just never connected I had friends but it wasn't like a close-knit friendship it was always like I didn't feel like I belonged with this group or that group I was just in my own little world so all these things going on low-level depression throughout childhood getting physically sicker and sicker every day and then finally and when I was in high school I had this lump in the roof of my mouth my senior year. And I was wrestling, and in December, January, during the school break, we went on this trip, which was only the second vacation in my life I took. And my mom wanted to go. It wasn't because I did, but she took me at 18 to Disney World. But when I went on the plane, my ear blocked, and I couldn't hear, which is normal. But my hearing never came back. So now I have this lump in the roof of my mouth that the doctors told me it was nothing. It was just an abscess, gave me more antibiotics. I don't know how much antibiotics they gave me through life up to that point. And then my ear was blocked and now I'm deaf. So then I turn 18 finally in March of 1995. So now I have a little bit of control, but I'm a poor kid and I'm on welfare. So I'm like, hey, take up my tonsils. And they're like, why? I'm like, I'm always getting sore throats, take them out, you get paid to do it. If you don't do it, I'm going somewhere else. So now I'm starting to get like assertive with my health because I can legally. So the doctor's like, fine. And then a week before the surgery, they told me, oh, let's just get an x-ray 
to make sure that that abscess isn't too close to where we're going to be cutting. And I'm like thinking, why don't you get rid of the abscess first? You know, <laughs> so it's not working the antibiotics. So they do that and they're like, you need to come in tonight. I get a call at like 8.30 at night and like, you need to come in right now and you need to get a CAT scan. And I'm like, why? They're like, you have a giant tumor. And I instantly felt relief because for years they're telling me I'm a hypochondriac. They're telling me I'm crazy. And every once in a while you have these moments where you think, am I crazy? And then it's like, oh, at that moment, I'm like, I knew it. Something was wrong with me and these guys are idiots. So then at that moment, I got even more confidence that just forget everybody. Like, you want to have godly, you want to have godly counsel and wisdom and learn from people. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is God and my own and myself. That's it. So long story short, I had a massive three-day surgery. Dr. William Montgomery did it, who is the best of the best in the world at ear, what, ears, nose, and throat. He was the head of Harvard Medical School. He was the head at Mass Ioneer in Boston. And that dude was working on literally princes in other countries and flying back to work on me. So it was fantastic. Dr. Choi, the whole team there at Boston, Mass General, Mass Ioneer, phenomenal. So I was supposed to die, probably die from the surgery. Maybe if I make it, I'll be completely destroyed physically, most likely potentially mentally handicapped. And they told me all these things. So I go into a three-day surgery and um, I come out of it. And there's this giant sign, the luckiest boy in Boston. The nurses made it for me. So I guess when they went in to actually remove the tumor at that part, instead of sawing my mandible in half and taking off my face, essentially, they said, hey, Dr. Montgomery's like, let's remove his palate. So he took out my palate and the tumor just boop, fell out. It's like, wow, that was awesome. So they stitched me back up, thousand stitches later, whatever it was. I supposed to be in the hospital for a month minimum. I was out by Saturday. So I was like, whoa, that was awesome. And I felt immediately better. I didn't have a giant tumor the size of an orange with a tail down my throat, right? So then a couple months pass, decide to go to college in Pennsylvania. And I'm, all of a sudden I start feeling that same crappy way. And they're like, it's impossible. And I'm like, well, I, I can't say it's impossible or not. I just know how I feel. And then the doctor's like, it was not Dr. Montgomery. He was literally in Saudi Arabia working on a prince the resident or whatever, the doctor there, you're still high ranking. He literally mocked me and said, you're wasting time and the government's money to get this MRI, but I'll write it for you just to prove you wrong. And I was like, Grr! you know, like inside, I'm like fired up. I'm like, I've heard this for 18 years of my life. And I didn't say it, but this is what I'm thinking. I've heard this for 18 years of my life. And now I know that there was something wrong. So I'm still going back and forth with that inner confidence of what I knew in my heart and mind, but what he's telling me, and he's supposed to be the doctor. So sure enough, MRI results come back, another tumor the size, like an almost the same size. So Dr. Montgomery was back at this point, and he, in front of me, just drilled that guy. And these are two grown men, very well established in the world, not just Boston. And he basically looked at me after he made that guy apologize. And he said, we may have advanced medical degrees, but you know your body better than anybody else. And don't ever let anybody, myself included, tell you how you feel or what's wrong with you. He said, because you're 
your best physician. And I was like, hmm, all right, check, confidence. So they took that tumor out and it grew back again. So then I had radiation and all this is going on. I'm down to 135 pounds. And I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel good. And then that's when I started taking a holistic approach. So I still, to this day, again, go back to that balance concept. If you're all holistic, I think that's crazy. If you're all medical science, I think that's crazy. I think you need a balance because God created real, real science, not the crap the liberals say, not the crap that just these hardcore uh, pig-headed, you know, rightists say. It's not leftist or rightist. It's balance. So I started researching, and duh, it's common science that tumors, they absorb sugar. That's why even when they give you a dye, if, I don't know if you know this, but when you get an injection for MRIs and stuff, it's just sugar with dye in it, and the tumors suck it up. So they find where the tumor is. So I thought, well, if sugar is what feeds the tumor, let's not eat sugar. And so I went to this list of doctors, like no dairy, no sugar, no pastas, because pasta turns to sugar in your body. So I did that for two years and the tumor went shrink, 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 boop. And to this day, never had another problem with it. Just super healthy and strong. So I've had other issues in the past, other issues medically that were completely unrelated, but that's it. So my, that's just a part of my story. I feel like I've gone way too long, but then I got bad dental work that for four years, again, I was critically ill. They said, make out your, make out your will, get your affairs in order. And then I went through, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff in my personal life, um, had a marriage that. I fought for, we were married for 21 years, but I fought for six years. I just couldn't get it. And to this day, there's still pain. That's those uh, wounds or scars, you know, stuff that happened, things I watched, the pain of my children and myself. And it's nothing I caused or did. It's just how it happened. In between this, I've made a ton of money, lost a ton of money. And the, it's always frustrating to me as a man I didn't do anything that caused these losses. It was circumstances I couldn't control. So that's when as a Christian, I remember, huh, you didn't cause it. It's not like you went on a binge and got drugged up and gambled it away or, you know, bought $80,000 in tacos. It was just God's plan for you. It's just, that's just it. So it's like, all right, God, I trust you. And when people come up to me and try to do something crazy, I don't have to worry about it because I'm like, well, God kept me alive through all this to this day. We're having this interview, Brent. So if God kept me alive to this day, there's a purpose. If he wanted me to be done, I'd be done. So if I went through all that junk and I'm still alive, there's got to be a purpose and plan that's not completed yet. And every one of us, all of you listening today, you have a distinct purpose and plan or you wouldn't be here. So keep living, doing your best and moving forward till you finish your course. Actually, so that that is fine that it was a long answer because you answered the next question without me having okay. to ask. So, hey, you got two birds with one stone there. I was going to ask what carried you from where you are right now? What carried you from point A where you started to here? What was what was that? And I think it's very clear that it's your faith that has carried you from point A to where you are now. Yeah, God's even though you don't see it at the time, sometimes God's always there. And every time I was in the lowest of low, like in that segment of life, as soon as I realized that, like, there were some moments where it was just, you know what, I've had a good life. Like, even though I had a ton of crazy stuff happen that most people don't, mm -hmm. who cares? I have a good life. 
I was married, I had kids, I had a house. I mean, and that's all like material stuff and family stuff. But I'm like, I have peace with God. I know that when I die, I'm going to be an eternity with our father. And what's better than that? You know, the alternative is burning in hell or burning and burning forever and torture and pain. And all I got to do is trust Christ as my savior to be with him forever and to be in joy and peace done. So everything on this earth is to me is just a test. And if we have good, quote unquote, good times, that's just icing on the cake. But really, eternity is the end game. This is all just a really long interview. So now, as a Christian who's had some ups and downs in my own life, right? My faith has definitely been a major carrying point for me through some of the darkest and most difficult times in my life. But where do you find the resilience? Because I know even with my faith, there were times that in those dark moments, it was still like, okay, God, you got a lot more faith than me than I do. Where did the strength come from, the resilience in you come from, even in those dark times? Because like I said, I know your faith accounts for a lot of it. But how do you hold on to that resilience? Okay, I think this ties into two talk two concepts we've talked about the masculinity and the balance and so if you're a woman that doesn't mean this doesn't apply to you but you have your feminine role and if you're a man you have your masculine role so during my life even as a child as a teenager in college even up to today i have a role i have a purpose i have who god made me to be so I always was thinking, if this is happening, there is a good reason. Like you look in the Bible, if someone hasn't read the Bible, there's the Old Testament before Jesus and there's a New Testament after Jesus, but it's all the Bible. It all agrees. It all comes together. 40 different authors over hundreds of years. You bring it together, no contradiction or flaw. That's proof to me. Plus there's more, right? But there's a story of Joseph in the Bible and Joseph was betrayed by his brothers it was betrayed by a bunch of people and it was years some people say 30 40 years that this guy was just in prison and torture and you know all this crazy stuff he was always falling into these horrible circumstances that he didn't cause but at the end god glorified him and made him right under the king and blessed him abundantly and then he got in turn to restore with his family and it's a great model of God's goodness, God's grace. So when you ask me what keeps me resilient and what keeps me steadfast, and I really think it's a combination of balance and keeping your focus ahead, not looking at the circumstances you're in, but just keep going back to the big picture and saying, okay, well, why am I here? What's my purpose? And if you don't know, just keep seeking it or keep moving a direction and then God will correct you if you're not going the right way, but don't stay stagnant never stay stagnant always be moving and then you got to balance that with wisdom you have to balance what you know so i know that what is okay if you're going to nature here if you have a predator and you have a pack of animals the predator waits till the one animal is away from the rest of the pack and then he just devours them that's what sane wants to do with us so when crap happens, and I'm, crap, that's a real technical term, right? <laughs> when bad things happen in our life that we perceive that way, we get depressed, we get sad, we get angry, and we want to be alone typically, right? 
that's the sinful human reaction or natural human reaction because you can be angry and sin not or you can be angry and go to a bar and get in a bar fight being angry is not the sin that's natural and actually healthy a lot of times but sin not so satan's going to want to trick us to get us depressed to make us feel alone to make us feel isolated and there's a point when you have to rest and there's a point where you have to maybe have a season that you're getting more sleep but if i find myself really struggling i'm like i don't want to cuss and it's not right to cuss but i'll talk to myself rough that goes back to that masculinity it's like get up you know what you got to do you know right from wrong get up what are you doing this isn't going to help anything so it's just tough love to myself like i think how would i speak to a friend that's what i'd say so i say it to myself and then if i'm getting really bad you know there's times where i've been depressed to the point where i had to get an antidepressant medicine and that was for a season i hated it <clears throat> but i was it's i don't want to go into the details but i was staying in the marriage it was hyper toxic and dysfunctional and i was constantly having my head manipulated and played with so that's why i just was just i couldn't heal because i was constantly being cut open you need to remove yourself as soon as i remove myself from that situation no more meds <laughs> blood pressure down everything great right because you're not being constantly tortured so going back to the steadfastness and going back to just these dark moments i would just tell my friends like hey i want to be alone but i know it's not healthy and i don't even want to go to the grocery store but if you ever feel led come over here kick in my door and take my butt out you know do whatever you got to do to get me around or go come over we'll smoke a cigar together and that's just how i did it i mean everybody feels sorry for themselves sometimes and everybody there's people who have had it way worse than i have or you have but there's been times in my life where i picture a mountain and some people can relate and it sounds weird but i'm closing my eyes if you're not watching this on camera because it makes it easier well there's times you're climbing that mountain if you notice like the logo on my shirt on my my company it's a man at the summit the company's named ascend ascend to glory ascend to god and there's times when you climb and it's easy and it's fun and you have energy <laughs> usually it's tedious right but there's other times just picture 80 people just beating you and throwing rocks at you and you're just on the ground well my philosophy on life is this i may be running up that mountain i may be climbing normal i may be exhausted and taking a step at a time i might be taking an inch at a time and in my darkest most horrible moment i was holding onto a rock lying down prostrate and people were beating me but i wouldn't let go of that rock i would not let go of god i just held on to god and then they get tired of throwing rocks at me and then i'm just push myself up enough to breathe and then i push myself enough to sit up and then it's just a progress so i guess the key to it all is just always hold on to god always move forward with god and if you don't know god contact brent contact me let us tell you about jesus let us tell you about the father and the holy spirit and he will change your life and when nobody else is around he's all you need david what's next for you today work with my clients and help them succeed but no for <laughs> life um um 
right now I got a company that I love and it's helping people. So that's great. The podcast is growing. I want to reach as many people as I can to help. So check out the remarkable people podcast. When you have time, not listen to Brent show. My kids are 19 and 17. So I want to keep helping them grow up and develop and become the man and woman that God wants them to be. And they're going to choose their path, but I want to do everything I can to help them go the way that gives them peace and joy. And then for me, I do know God wants me to speak. I know God wants me to write. I know, you know, like you said, there's a book probably in the future, but my story isn't important. It's the message that God loves you. He's always there and never quit. Just don't quit. Like hold on to that rock. Even if people are hitting you with a fire hose and throwing rocks at you, if everybody's telling you you're wrong or you're crazy, eh. I mean, again, listen to godly counsel always. But at the end of the day, you got to live with your decisions. And that's something that I had to come to realize not pleasing other people. Who cares? Don't care. Opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them and most of them stink. Most people sadly don't want to support you. They want to tear you down. That inner jealousy or just twistedness or evil. So when you find the people that want to help you and love you, Cling to them and appreciate them and help them. But just don't quit. If you're on the ground in the worst part of your life, hold on. If you're running, see if you can cheer somebody on in the way. But just keep moving forward. And guys, I'm going to send you guys to David's website. So it's davidpascalone.com. <laughs> Let me spell yeah. it for you guys on the audio version of this. is David, P-A-S-Q-U-A-L. O N E dot com. Now you guys know I was struggling saying it. You've, <laughs> you've heard the spelling, but guys, if you want to find out more about David, I'm not going to send you, I will have links for all of his stuff in the show notes and below and the description box on YouTube. So you can find him. I will have a direct link. If you have been moved today, guys, if you have heard something that has just stirred you, I will also have a link. If you would like to have David on maybe your show or talk to your church or talk to your group, I will have a link for all that below and you guys can get them there, but I'm going to send you to his website specifically. That way you can find the remarkable people podcast as well. David has centered all of his life there. So I'm not going to send you to all these other links, but if you're looking for him on social media, you can find him pretty easily on social media. He's like me. He's got social media everywhere, but go to his website, check out what he's got. Listen to the remarkable people podcast. He's got some great stuff on there, guys. It's, it's going to be good. David, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. I really appreciate being here today and sharing with us. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.